Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody. It's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino. And my guest today is Chelsea Kent, and she is the owner of Heroes Pets in uh, Littleton, Colorado. Is that where you're at? Yes. In Littleton, Colorado. And the reason that she's on my show today is because... Um, you all know Billy from Answers Pet Food, and when I when it came around for me to open my second store in downtown, I said, hey, Billy, do you have anybody that's like killing it and doing everything right? He said, yeah, this girl, Chelsea Kent, out in Colorado. So um, I never got around to it. I'm now on your website, and it literally, I'm going to link everybody to it because I find myself on a regular basis telling people why I don't carry certain products in my store. Um, and it's funny because people look like look at me like I'm crazy. But I want people to understand, and I know that you understand, that there was a time when I went to the grocery store and I thought anything that I bought off that grocery store shelf wouldn't. I kill me. I mean, I knew sugar wasn't good for me. I knew certain ingredients weren't good for me. I knew that I, that eating chocolate chip cookies and cupcakes and whatever wasn't the, wasn't good for me, but I didn't think there'd actually be like cancer causing preservatives and ingredients and colorings and all that shit in my food that would cause disease and kill me. And then I figured that out. And then I think a lot of people figured it out. And then then stores opened called Whole Foods. And everybody um, who questioned and learned that things that we were buying off our normal grocery store shelf were bad now came over to Whole Foods and we felt we found the answer. Well, this is the same thing that's happening in the pet industry. We cannot buy our pet food from the grocery store, right? Unless you're going to the butcher and you're going to make it yourself and you're buying organic meats and bones and organs and vegetables and you're following a, a recipe and you're cooking yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to find what you need for your pet in a grocery store. Now you can't even go to a pet store and find it because most of it is kibble. Most of it is, is being made by the same five people who also own the vet office and the prescription drugs and everything that keeps your pet um, sick. So nobody's come out making a Whole Foods for pets, but what has happened is independent uh, retailers like Chelsea Kent here, who's on our show, who owns Heroes Pets, are becoming the Whole Foods for pets. How about that for an introduction to that? Was that a good one? <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and I think it's really awesome because that's, you know, I bought my shop, bought into the to pet grooming retail. They didn't have retail. It was a groom shop that did boarding and daycare and I bought it and it was a disaster. And I couldn't believe the shampoos and perfumes and crap that was being used in this shop. So I changed all that. And then brought in retail and only sell raw and fresh food. And basically same thing. I, I follow your standards without even knowing that I was following your standards. So thank you for putting it in writing. Mm -hmm. um, what gave you this idea? When did you see this 
gap in the industry and went, wow, I need to be the, the one place in my neighborhood where people can come and get real food and real ingredients that aren't going to harm their pets. Uh, it's been a progressive thing for me. I've been in this industry almost 20 years. And wow. um, when I started my own store, it was in 2007. And actually, my initial goal was carrying uh, ecological things. So like pets in Heroes Pet stands for planetary and ecologically trusted supplies. So in carrying things that are environmentally conscious, it's really important that you, you know, look at the quality of things like what are the pesticides, you know, what, what's the shipping, like all of these different variables. So in opening my own store that immediately eliminated about 90% of my favorite things. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I really like this stuff, but I, I can't feel good about selling it to other people and like perpetuating that into the world. Um, so I just ended up finding alternatives and in, you know, almost every single case, the alternatives I find to be better. Plus I just feel better about selling them. And I think that people tend to feel better about buying them with really rare exceptions. So the nutrition part of it, like I... I started out with carrying decent foods, but there's still so much that I didn't know. So I think, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot along the way, but where it really came down to me having a good understanding of pet food and quality is when I started attending the AFCO meetings and realizing that there's so much more that we don't really understand in pet food. So like, for example, uh, grocery store products, the majority of the kibbles that are out there, they're not even using food as ingredients. It's not like, you know, people didn't eat that or those apples were bruised. And so that's what goes into pet food. Almost 100% of it is actually EPA registered chemicals and condemned rendered meats where like it's stuff that a human would not be legally allowed to consume because they already know that it's toxic. It's really high heat processed. Um, millions of tons every year of recycled restaurant grease, like the fryer grease for French fries. That's a primary fat source in pet food. So, you know, when you start learning those things and you start seeing like the MSDS on the vitamin mineral pre-pack and you see that it's sold with the skull and crossbones, then over the years, as I have learned things, I have started moving on from companies that I once thought were really good. So in my 14 years in business, I've actually kicked out almost 50 companies. And most of them are ones that people still consider to be pretty holistic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny. Literally, we in my downtown shop, I put up a TV and I've just got, you know, Karen Becker constantly talking on it. And I just watched a super old interview with her and Steve Brown. And I was like, wait a minute. He's saying all the, all the right stuff. She's saying HPP they're talking. So of course I go down the rabbit of hole. Why don't I sell Steve's? I didn't even know that changed. Uh, you know, it's like, it's not, this is an ongoing job. And why Chelsea is finally on, on my show today is because um, most of our listeners know all about answers and how we're always talking about Billy and how when we do our, our consultations with Dr. Zach, 
that we always uh, recommend the protocol, um, diet protocol that goes along with whatever issue we're dealing with from Answers Pet Food. I literally have Billy on text, which I'm sure you do when something comes up that we don't know how to take care of or resolve, we have him on speed dial and he'll immediately answer us. This is how much um, people like Chelsea care about your pets. We're not doing this for the money. We're doing this to make a difference. No one else is coming out and opening up the Whole Foods, so we're going to do it in, individually. Um, so we're, we're, she's on the show because our favorite pet food brand um, just went through a huge change. And um, so we're addressing it. And I'm, I'm, it's, it's difficult for us because we don't know what to do. And it limits our choices as pet parents and as owners of our retailers. And there's nothing worse than being 100% behind a company. And then half that company, all the people that I knew um, have left the company. And now we're just left here and everybody's coming to us for answers. So Answers Pet Food has lost uh, Jacqueline and um, Roxanne have left the company. Billy has left the company. Dr. Kenevan has left the company. Um, and I guess the guy in charge is Keith Hill, who I don't know at all, but he's probably the one who's run the company behind the scenes. But the problem is, is that um, I lost the people that I trusted, that I went to the farms with, that I saw how everything was made, who were my you know, go-tos are gone now. So now I've lost Answers Pet Food. So we're here to address it. What the heck are you going to do, Chelsea? Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea, well, oh, I also have to say Chelsea sells more Answers Pet Food than anyone in the country. Um, and I can see why. There's nothing more wonderful than being able to say, do this, this, and this, and your dog's hot spots are going to go away. The yeast is going to go away. The itching is going to stop. And they do it and they're, it's not even a weekend and they're coming in going, oh, this is the first time ever. And there's no prescription medications or prescription diets. It's all real food, natural things. So I know it's, it gives us this awesome power to be able to heal dogs naturally, but what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll start by saying a couple things. One, the reason that we've always done really well with answers is because it checks all the boxes. They use regenerative farms. You know, it's uh, woman owned and they're really highly ethical. They comply with regulations. So they, you know, they're more uh, capable of answering questions authentically, like giving you validation of their answers where most companies don't ever do any kind of validation. They can tell you kind of what's going on with, you know, say a macronutrient profile or a micronutrient profile, but they're pretty limited. So they're also a lot higher calorie. So you are able to actually feed less of it. Um, it's also more absorbable. So if you're feeding it correctly, it works out to be the least expensive product to use of all of the raw foods that are a really good quality and also complete and balanced. So checking all of those boxes, it's definitely difficult to compete, um, which I want to address 
what my plans are on how to transfer people over based on those things. Also, I would like to mention just my relationship with answers. So my understanding is that my store was one of the first ones that Jacqueline visited once they opened. So I've known her pretty much since they started. Um, I I go to every AFCO meeting and so does Roxanne. So at every single AFCO meeting, I sit with her. And so I know her really well. Um, I've known Keith I, apparently better than anybody else. <laughs> uh, I've always had him listed in my phone as Keith-Dad. So I know him pretty well. I've known Billy as long as he's been with the company. So I've seen online a lot of people saying, well, we don't really know who Keith is. We can't really judge him and not saying anybody should judge him, but I'm just saying that I do know him. I do know the family. I do know the dynamics. So I feel like I can speak to some degree <laughs> about um, you know, how I feel about the situation. So what's really concerning to me is Jacqueline and Roxanne have run that company. It's not a large company. So thinking about, you know, in a lot of places, if there's a change in management, it's not too big of a deal because what does management do anyways? But the reality is they, Jacqueline and Roxanne really are the company. And Billy and Dr. Knuven obviously are huge contributors, but Jacqueline and Roxanne are responsible for every single relationship in that company, which includes the farmers, the ranchers, the manufacturers, like everything. They're just not Keith's relationships. And as much as a farmer or a rancher might be okay with selling to somebody else, if the relationship is close enough that they're not happy about it, then it's going to be a whole lot easier to degrade that relationship or for them to choose to transfer it somewhere else. So despite Keith's desires and intentions, I have some concerns about whether or not he would even be capable of making the same product that everybody loves. So, and also what people don't know that these are Amish farmers mm -hmm. and they don't, they don't take just the first person who walks in and offers them, you know, whatever it is, it is, they have, you have to have a relationship with them and they demand it. And, you know, it's not, easy not it would have been done before if it was that easy and it's not so I yep. agree and um you know when you see how everything is done you have to it, there is you can't even walk onto their land unless you've got one of those four three or four people with you so mm -hmm. it's very I, I agree too it's not this typical of you know well how difficult is it to do what they did it took a lot of time and effort and that's why it was such a superior food and our favorite. And with Roxanne being a food scientist and her journey to get to the point of where she's at, it took a lot of bumps in the road and learning before answers even started for her to develop an understanding of fermentation and food safety to be capable of making a product like that. So yeah, again, in most cases, you know, owners of, uh, you know, raw food or any kind of holistic food company, they get into it because they had some kind of experience that made them like this, there's just got to be something better. So they started their own company 
but they're still very dependent on other people to help them through things like pathogen mitigation and sourcing and creating a comprehensive nutrient profile. And that's not the case with Jacqueline and Roxanne. So that also makes it very unique. And those of that don't know, um, the, what happened is that there is a divorce between Keith and Jacqueline, and this is why this has happened, mm -hmm. which to me is the worst excuse ever. <laughs> you know, why do we even, to me, I don't know, I don't know, Keith, but there has, there had to have been something better than this. So the people I trust left. So that means that you know what, we've got a month or two months of supply. And then it's like watching a soap opera and see what's gonna, how it's gonna play out. Because, and, and in the meantime, you know, we're already suggesting other diets. Now you have a few more choices than, than we do. Oh, we've got to go on a break. I see, I knew this would happen that we would just start <laughs> chatting and I'd forget that I was doing a podcast. So let's take a short break and we'll be right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, everybody, we're back and we've got Chelsea Kent from Heroes Pet Store in Littleton, Colorado. She is the nation's top seller of Answers Pet Food. She's been with them from the beginning um, and she's, you know, who we thought of when we asked Billy, what the hell are we going to do now? Um, so thank you so much for joining us and giving us some insight. Um, you know, for those pet parents whose um, dogs are surviving and beating disease and old age on Answers Pet Food Diet, I feel you. Um, mine are all on it. Uh, everyone is on the straight formula. Most of my dogs are senior citizens, so um, some of them have survived cancer. One has cancer, so these diets um, are life-changing, and they are formulated, and they're balanced, and you can see the difference. I've you know, I don't know if you know this, I have a rescue and I have lots of dogs. I'm the, the crazy person in town where the vet has tried everything and they're like, Hey, I know this crazy cannabis lady, see what she does, you know, what she has to offer. And I literally get these dogs that are, you know, covered in cancer on death's door, take them off the five, six to 10 prescription meds and shampoos and everything that they're on, put them on an answers diet. CBD, maybe some mushrooms and watch these dogs completely come back to life and, and live pain-free and happy. So this is, this is our protocol. This is, this is my winning, you know, recipe. This is how I feel like I can do everything. So I feel like I'm starting from scratch and you must feel that way also. 
Now you said you've kicked out lots of yeah. plants. So <laughs> Where I was feel like you just need to be a consultant and slash <laughs> psychologist to help the rest of us through this. <laughs> well, I think that the important thing is the first time that you kick out a brand that you love and that you've sold really well is terrifying as a retailer. Like you don't know whether or not you're going to lose people. You don't know what else you're going to put them on to. I can say after the number of companies that I have kicked out, I honestly think it generally works out in my favor. And I believe that that would be true for any small retailer because what you are doing is you are saying, I recognize that I do this job 24 seven. It's my responsibility to provide you with things that I know to be safe and to be healthy. And this doesn't align with those values anymore, as far as I can tell. And so I'm letting it go. And when you start having that conversation with your customers, they they gain more trust for you. That's an experience that they can't get other places. So it actually improves customer loyalty. And my experience is that the more often that that happens, the more customers are like, oh, okay, well, what else? (laughs) So it's not some big dramatic, like what in the world's gonna happen? You just have to help people to recognize that you have their best interests at heart and that you will work with them to figure out whatever's gonna work with them next. So I think that that's really important. And also in my experience, almost every single one of those companies that I kicked out within you know, six months or so after kicking them out, they ended up having some kind of like horrible recall or quality control issue or some kind of big change where I'm like, man, I knew that that was coming. <laughs> Even which is, if but, which is no, <laughs> which is why we're being proactive right now with answers. We know what's coming. Yeah. We know it's coming because the people that made sure that everything was done right are gone. And there's yeah. no way you're going to find those people to, re- there's there, there, I know everybody can be replaced, but these people can't be replaced. Um, and if they do, it's going to take time to train them so that they even know what's going on. And that is why we feel we have to be proactive that we don't know what's coming on and it no longer has our stamp of approval on it anymore. Um, Who's your second favorite? (laughs) Well, real quick, I was going to say it's important to recognize that like even if you hire new people and they know what they're doing and they're incredible and amazing, it still takes a gap of time before they get to the point of knowing this specific production or even being able to find them. And that gap could be really risky. Well, I don't know. Did you go through the gap, the small batch gap when they had to change manufacturing? Um, yeah. And I just let it go for a little while and then brought it back in once they were over the hump and people right. were really understanding of that, especially knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like if you love this product, it's not the end of the world. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we're okay with them. Just right now, there's a little bit of an issue. So and it, that, and their reasoning was, you know, how could you not support them? So now I always tell their story and you know, mm-hmm. how it was not profits. It was, uh, that came first. It was doing it right. And staying, you know, to be true to what they were doing. Um, So who's your second favorite? Well, I think that the better answer is what's the way to transition to people. And my answer to that is identify what their goals are, which is honestly my answer for almost everything in life. (laughs) But 
say that a person is buying answers primarily because they love the regenerative farming aspect. So find another company that does that. Like Raw Bistro is a pretty good example. Um, if you are looking at a cost issue, Carnivore is not raw, but it's in the same price point and it is far more similar to a dehydrated than it is to a kibble. Even Billy recommends Carnivore all the time. It's also a way to like pull down the cost of other raw foods. So say that you pick one of the ones that's uh, pretty pricey, like some of them are, you know, 12-ish dollars a day for a 50-pound dog. Say that the customer can't afford that. Well, how about you incorporate in a percentage of carnivore and a percentage of this raw as a way to bring it into the budget range. Say that the goal is they have a disease condition and they have to do a ketogenic diet or a specific macronutrient profile. Almost any raw is capable of being modified in a way to reach specific macronutrient goals. So I really like the Fatworks brand of fats. I like cocoa therapy for coconut oil. Um, I really like the carnivore sprouted seeds. That one's also higher in some good fibers that are really helpful for, uh, you know, strengthening the microbiome. Uh, and all of those are really calorically dense. So that can also help to bring down the cost. If somebody doesn't have a disease condition and they only want to stick to raw, but they're okay with like fresh food ingredients, the Dr. Harvey's canine health is good. That's about 30 bucks a month if you're calculating that in at 25% of the calories per day for a 50 pound dog. And oats are honestly, in my opinion, the only grain that's really worth feeding. <laughs> so it's super nutritious. Um, you know, there's a lot of whole food, fruit and vegetable options that can be added in. So it just depends, like, what does the specific person need and how are you going to attain that? regardless of what you have available to you. I could give you specific brands, but it's not necessarily helpful because this is something that I always tell my customers. <laughs> so when you are buying something like Taste of the Wild or Yukonuba, um, any, any well-known brand, those companies have to source from wherever they came to make sure that that product is a accessible to you at any time in any place. So you can get consistency, but you can't get quality. Now you switch over to a small ethical manufacturer and their primary focus is making sure that you have quality, which means sometimes they're not going to have access to the best sources and they're not willing to buy from somewhere else. So you have to endure gaps so you can get quality but you can't always get consistency. So it's actually in your benefit and the benefit of your pet's health for them, them to not be accessible everywhere, but you have to be willing to, you know, mix things up, um, get your pet really used to rotation and work with what you have available in your area if what you're going for is quality as the primary goal. Cool. I like that. Um, it's, it's, you know, once you're forced to go out and look again and research and find again, then, you know, I, once I did that, once I got over the, <laughs> I found that it wasn't as difficult to, as I thought it was going to be. 
Um, but here in Florida, we literally have like three choices. Um, but our most of our consultations aren't in Florida. They're over a Zoom call. So it's wherever they find their local um, boutique shop, um, which, you know, hopefully their boutique shop knows when they walk in and go, hey, uh, I can't do answers anymore. I want to do, do you have this instead? So um, I have no idea, you know, when the message gets out to all of the other retail owners who, you know, don't even know that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody does that, you know, not everybody does, you know, researches all the brands and looks at where everything is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long does it, did it take you to find, and I guess it's like you said, an ongoing process constantly. So it's, you have to constantly be looking up new brands and checking sources and whatever. Is this like your full-time job? Actually, I have to take a break again. I'm just <laughs> chatting away. Like it's my little one-on-one consultation with you, Chelsea. i sorry. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back with Chelsea Kent. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back with It's a Dog's Life. This is Angela Ardolino, and I have Chelsea Kent joining me. She has a retail store called Heroes Pets. And um, basically, it is just like my shop. I love it. I love seeing someone else like there's so few people doing this um, in the country. And thank you so much. Again, this is why you shop at your small boutique shops. We take the time. We care what a world it would be if everybody felt this responsibility. I don't understand. I constantly ask myself, I don't know how a vet could be in practice for two years and not question what they learned and not expand it. Um, Same thing with the store. The moment that I bought my store and came in, the shampoos were irritating my skin. My skin was like red and irritated. And I was like, what the heck? And I looked at the ingredients and it was, it's all chemicals. So our poor dogs are getting it from every side. It is so important to find these shops and to support them because we're the ones that have done the homework and the research and we know what's best for your pet. Um, what is it like when someone comes into your store the first time and they're looking for from? 
Yeah, uh, normally a first time consultation ends up being about two hours and it's just starting from scratch and working your way up. Um, you know, most kibble products, my opinion is that they're pretty much all the same, just with different labeling. They're still high heat processed. They still contain synthetics that are sold with the skull and crossbones. They all have about the same anti-nutrient load, regardless of grain or grain free. You know, it's the same fundamental issues. If they're extruded, they're all going to have the same, um, you know, machinery production, chemical agents that are applied so it's really all the same so it makes it pretty easy to have that conversation I remember my first day open uh, downtown someone came in and asked me if I carried science diet and I thought they were joking that's how sheltered I am <laughs> and he was really mad at me um but because I was like hell no so it's funny when that happens and you know I'm I'm literally like passing out people here, go to this website, watch this documentary. When you're, when you want answers, I'm here and I can tell you what to do or what will work or what the problem is. But I want to take it even a step further because I know that I may be messing up these uh, statistics, but I know that there was a survey and I want to say Rodney Habib brought it up. Uh, it was in 2017 of how many pet parents were feeding their dogs usual either adding fresh or raw or feeding a fresh and raw diet and it was like I don't know 17 I 20 percent or whatever and now it's like 80 percent so now what we have to do and this reminds me of the of the cannabis industry also because the same thing's happening in CBD now we have raw brands that are they are raw or freeze-dried and they still are better than kibble but they're not a raw, fresh food. Explain that for us so that people understand why. And we talked about this before we went on break, that I just watched an interview with Steve Brown and Karen, Dr. Karen Becker about raw, fresh feeding because he's one of the, the leaders in it. He's been doing it forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's another brand I could carry. And then I went down that black hole of, wait a minute, why wasn't he on Susan Thixon's Truth About Pet Foods list? Because to me, that's what made it easy. Before I, before I knew you, I knew Susan. So I just followed Susan's list and that's the only thing I carry. And for those of you who don't know truth about pet food, Susan Thixon, she does a lot of the hard work for us. And obviously now Chelsea, you've got to go to her uh, website, heropets.com. She has a page called, which of course we'll include this in when we release this, Community and Why We Don't Carry. And she lists every brand you could possibly imagine food brand and why she doesn't carry it. And that's why I don't carry it either. Thank you for taking the time to yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> did I ask a question there? Oh, so let's talk about the brands, these raw and fresh brands that we don't recommend for certain sure. reasons. Yeah, so uh, I think that one of the most important things to start with is that there are a lot of companies out there where they might be, you know, a meat manufacturing plant. It's a USDA facility, so it's inspected meats, but the only stuff that's going into pet food is the scraps that people don't want. And in most cases, they're not actually attempting to formulate that. They're just trying to find a place to put their scraps. And of course, of course, that is better than, you know, 
donuts for dogs, like <laughs> if you're feeding kibble, and then just fundamentally the body doesn't metabolize that the same way, the same way that we we can't assume that breakfast cereal is be as healthy for us as a salad. Right. So you know, keeping that in mind is really important. Um, I think the other factor too is asking the company if they know more about their own product than you do. And in most cases they don't like, have you guys done a macronutrient test to identify what things people should be supplementing with if they're using this? Usually the answer is no. Have you done lab tests to identify if you have pathogens? Usually the answer is no. So labeling can be really tricky like a lot of companies say it's usda inspected well mcdonald's is usda inspected and pink slime is acceptable for use in pet food or in uh, human foods but is that what you want to feed your dog every single day at every single meal it's really not the most ideal thing so then a step further from that is the USDA is responsible for regulation of meat, poultry, dairy, and eggs, and the FDA is responsible for pet food. So if a pet food is only made out of those things that USDA is responsible for, the FDA doesn't actually really know what they're doing with that. So their way of handling that is just having a zero tolerance policy on pathogens, regardless of whether or not it's a type of pathogen that's capable of causing illness, has ever been found to cause illness or is in a level that can cause illness. So most companies just do different forms of sterilization, the most popular being high pressure pasteurization, and that does damage the product. So it can remove a few of the most important nutrients, like it degrades lycopene, vitamin A, uh, I believe uh, vitamin E, thiamine, things like that, in which case they're paying for them to do processing and paying for them to add supplements rather than paying for a higher quality, cleaner food. So ideally, we just want to go with a company that has clean sourcing and verifies clean sourcing. <laughs> so um, everybody can definitely make their own decisions on how they feel about that. And I recommend doing some research so that you can make those decisions. I personally won't carry any products that do HPP. Um, we, we carry one, um, that does HPP and I can't remember if they do it on all of their proteins. And again, it was a, um, customer request, but the same thing, you know, we don't either. And people need to understand that even some of the small, uh, uh, shops, boutique shops like ours, don't know this. Um, they're carrying the good stuff, which is wonderful, but they also are carrying other brands that they may not know um, as much as we do. And that research, when they go down research, where do you send them to go do the research? Well, I recommend that everybody get an AFCO book and read the horrors in that. I open that thing almost every single day, have for about five years and not once ever have I opened it and not been horrified by something new. 
So I think it's important for people to understand regulation. Uh, truth about pet food, definitely. Karen Becker, Ronnie Habib normally answers. <laughs> Hopefully there's some uh, revival of the, if nothing else, the information that- Yeah, the information's provided. still gonna be good. Yeah, we just don't know if the food was gonna match what the information says, but yeah, you're yep. right. Uh, Cole Harrington has done a really good job with Pet Fooled and the Talk to Us campaigns that he has posted on YouTube. There are actually quite a few online influencers that you can find. Um, they tend to have pretty good information. Um, my Heroes Pets page, heroespets.com, and then also foodregulationfacts.com. Uh, those two are good. Uh, you know, it's it just depends on what your biggest interests are. There's so much information that's out there. I think that if you're just willing to take the time and I think for me, one of the reasons why I'm a, an effective researcher is I very much have landed on the side of holistic, but it's not because I've just been like, oh, holistic's great. I'm just going to go that route. It's because every time anything is proposed, even if I want it to be the truth, then I'm like, yeah, but is it? And I'll do research that actually contradicts what I want the answer to be and then land on what I believe the truth to be, whether or not I like that that's the truth. <laughs> so because right, we certainly don't want this to be true and it's true. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> just take the time to even question yourself and question, uh, you know, the research that you're getting and making sure that it's really accurate sources and you're not just buying into something because that's what you want to be reading. I think right. that that's really important. And I think it's also important to make sure the information is up to date because as we know, things can change. So you could read a blog of mine or watch a video from a year ago and it's no longer, we no longer will have that food that we were talking about. Also, I want people to understand that why someone like you is so valuable is that you were seeing dogs every single day coming. You, we see at my shop on a Friday or Saturday, we see between 75 and hundred dogs per day. Mm -hmm. I see all that, that 80% of the dogs are suffering and it's all from the food. It is all from their gut, their microbiome being off and this terrible food that is not feeding them and making them healthy. And when they hit being a senior seven, eight, nine, that's when disease starts rearing their ugly head, where lumps start popping up, red spots, irritation, nasty ears. And, and that's why we're constantly talking about food on my show. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it has such a correlation with the cannabis industry because it's the same thing. Just like they take all the parts from the human you know, food industry and throw it into dog food. They do the same thing with the cannabis industry. We get all the shit and that's why we don't do it that way. We only take it from the flower as a whole plant medicine. And that's what we're looking for. And our dog's food is whole, real fresh food that is going to support their health and their microbiome to keep them, their immune system healthy, to help fight off disease and keep them healthy. This is, and again, I like that you've figured out that's what we should do next is, you know, people constantly think it's going to be more expensive. It's not more expensive. And in the long run, you're not going to go see your vet because you're, you're not going to have these issues anymore because your immune system's taking care of it. 
It was awesome talking to you. I'm sure I'm out of time. Yep. I did want to mention two other references really quick. Oh, cool. Um, I am in the process of developing some curriculum for retailers through CIVT with Dr. Barbara Royal and Dr. Natasha Lilly. Awesome. So um, that should be coming out pretty soon and we will be able to get some help and guidance to people on how to especially do the calculations that are associated with being able to effectively move people onto raw foods and stay in budget and also, you know, attain certain macronutrient goals and all of those details. And then also the animal diet formulator. So animaldietformulator.com, that can be a really helpful resource for people as well. If they're adding in several of their own things, then they can utilize that as a way to identify what they're actually doing on a micronutrient level. Awesome. I love it. I love empowering the pet parent if they want to do it. And also know that there are other brands out there that are also making it convenient for you to buy. And they're there and we will have them listed for you so that you can see what our other choices are so that you can choose what's best for your pet. Chelsea, thanks again so much for taking the time. Really appreciate having you on here. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.